Okay. But without further ado, I suppose we can get started. Uh, welcome to the Whiskey Noobs Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and today I have another guest. Uh, this guest is Zach, and he's probably going to be pretty often recurring uh, because Zach is a special case where he's like the target audience. He is, he's gotten into whiskey. He's figured out that he enjoys it. Um, he's not an expert. He's not brand new. He's like right in the middle. Um, I'd say you're That's probably pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I may, I'd say you're probably right between brand new and where I'm at. And yeah. I'd say that I'm right between brand new and that guy who knows everything about whiskey. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like in the center. There's a lot that I don't know, but that's the fun of all this is I like this because I'm that's another thing with the podcast is like I'm learning more as I go. So it's just like more of the hobby for right. me. I think the fun part about being in my spot, though, is like I still want to try new stuff because yeah. I would imagine when you get to your point, you're just you'd rather drink the ones you already know you like. Yeah, you're in like the honeymoon phase of whiskey yeah. where it's like. You haven't probably, I'm going to guess, tried enough to where it's like, I expect, I know exactly what to expect, and then I get that whiskey, and it tastes like I expect. Right. You're in that, like, exciting era. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm still at the point where I'll try anything new. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, the best place to be. So, which, speaking of which, I have a whiskey for you to try today. I like to bring my guests out of their comfort zones a little bit. Um, so, I know you're big into bourbon, and then, like, Johnny Walker, I know you like, which I is love scotch. scotch. Yeah. yeah. Like, so, I, I like Lavoglin, Le, however you pronounce that. Oh, Talisker. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've tried those recently. I like the smoky, syrupy taste of scotch. That's what oh, I've okay. really found that I like. Which, okay, that explains Johnny Walker's, like, the step into that. Yeah. Because a little bit of that, and then you get into, like... Yeah, Johnny actual... Walker's not as much smoky. No. Especially black and red. But it's... But... Uh, the Johnny Walker is actually a mix of all the different regions of Scotland. So, like, if you have one from the Highlands, it's going to be, like, not smoky at all. At, mm. Like, not even a little bit. Johnny Walker is, like, uh, I don't know how much the ratio is, but let's say it's 25% smoky scotch poured into 75% non-smoky scotch. Okay. Blended. So, that's your doorway into, I want an Isla scotch, which is, like, like what you were saying. Did I butcher the name of Lavoglin? <laughs> Honestly, without it in front of me, I couldn't tell you. It's... I just I know that I tried it and I really liked it. I forget. I know exactly what I, scotch you're I would imagine about. Talisker is how you pronounce Talisker. Yes, Talisker. <laughs> um, it might be Lavoglin. I don't. I don't actually know. I don't know if I've heard it said out loud as much as I've read about it. You're you're my friend with the most experience with whiskey, so I don't talk about this stuff out loud often, other than to a microphone. <laughs> right. uh, without further ado, though, let's let's get into what this episode's going to be. So, a little bit of background, especially because I know you haven't listened to the episodes yet because they haven't released yet. Um, so far, we have gone from mixing less and less and less in order to be able to drink straight whiskey. That was the first guest episode. Then, we had two super different whiskeys to try to compare the two so now we can drink straight whiskey, and now we're comparing two different ones to see that not all whiskey just tastes like whiskey, right? So now the next step from there is to start pulling specific flavors from one whiskey without comparing it to anything, just trying it. So that's what today's episode is going to be. That's why you're the most experienced guest so far, because you got to have a little bit of experience to be able to do this, which if you've been listening from episode one, you have that experience. If you haven't been listening from episode one, I highly recommend you go back through and listen to the episodes in order because they were made in that way to get a brand new person to get to the more advanced type of techniques. I wouldn't call this advanced by any means, but uh, it's definitely more advanced than drinking a mixed drink. So 
that's what today is going to be about. Um, we're going to drink one whiskey. We're not comparing it to anything, and we're going to pull different flavors from it. Uh, what I meant to say before, though, so I like to get my guests out of their comfort zone. You're a big scotch guy. I know you drink a lot of bourbon as well. So naturally, we're going to have an Irish whiskey <laughs> <laughs> because you probably don't have a ton of experience with Irish whiskey. Nothing beyond Jameson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So this is Redbreast 12. It's aged 12 years. Um, this is just their base whiskey. They also have a cask strength. They have a 21-year-old whiskey. Um, and the reason that I like this whiskey so much, this is like temporarily my favorite whiskey. My favorite whiskey alternates constantly. But right now, this is my favorite whiskey because I uh, actually asked folks on a blog that I was on, or like a forum that I was on, I was like, what am I missing from my collection, right? I took a photo of my collection. And over and over again in the comments, if you like Irish, Redbreast 12. They're like, you got to try Redbreast. And I'm like, all right, we're going to try it. <laughs> so this is this is a little bit more um, on the higher end of, of Irish whiskeys. Or not higher end of Irish whiskeys, but higher end of whiskeys in general. Okay. In our area, this is around 60 to $70 a bottle, I believe. Um, I bought it a while ago. They but... sell it at standard liquor stores too? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you can get this. This is like just on the rare side for where we're at. Like sometimes Giant Eagle might not have it. In our area, you, you get a lot from Giant Eagle. <laughs> um, People listening elsewhere are like Giant Eagle. Giant Eagle, <laughs> it's the Kroger of Ohio. <laughs> um, but sometimes they'll have it, sometimes they won't. But it's nothing like your Buffalo Trace or your Blantons or anything like that. It, it's You can find it. Um, and then I know in other areas you can definitely find it. So just like with your classic Irish whiskeys, um, we've already had Tullamore Dew on the last guest episode. Uh, just like those, this is made from a mix of unmalted and malted barley. Um, so that's how a lot of Irish whiskeys are made. Uh, this is triple distilled in copper pot stills. A lot of Irish whiskeys you'll see are pot still. Um, some will say sting single pot still, um, but we'll get into that type of stuff in a different episode. So Triple distilled in pot stills. Um, it is what even is the proof for this? I don't even remember off the top of my head. Okay, it's eighty proof. So that's that's usually that's like your your minimum for a good whiskey is usually eighty proof. Like bourbon can't be below eighty proof. Same um, with scotch, I think. And it might be the same for scotch Irish, is actually. Usually the floor is eighty proof. It can't be below that. So that's what a lot are. Uh, so the thing I like about this is it has a good Irish taste, uh, just like the Tullamore that we had two episodes ago. Uh, but it's a little bit more expensive, a lot more complex, like way more complex. And I personally taste the sherry aging more. So this is aged in bourbon and sherry barrels. Actually, they're called sherry butts, but it's a barrel, <laughs> uh, basically. Don't worry about the difference between the barrels. That's really confusing. I still don't understand it. Look up a photo. If you're listening, look up a photo of different types of barrels. Like, look up cask versus barrel. Find a photo with all the different barrels on it. Makes no sense. They're just different sizes. They're, they look slightly different. It's so confusing. Um, I know, I'm sure it has to do with, like, the surface area of the barrel to the volume of whiskey on the inside changes the flavor, I'm sure. But I'm not nearly on that level. That's that's the space between me. I was me. about to say, I'm definitely not to the point to taste that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely not. However, sherry aging, you probably will taste. You'll probably taste it in this. If, if, you, if we were to compare it, you'll probably be like, oh, yeah, I can taste it a little bit more. So this is definitely more complex than Tullamore do. Uh, for those of you listening, as always, if you want to see what this whiskey looks like, you can see them on the Instagram page at whiskey underscore noobs, uh, or you can join the email list, uh, whiskeynoobspodcast at gmail.com. Just shoot an email, um, say email list in the subject line, and you can join it, and you'll get 
uh, emails every month with photos of the whiskey that I'm going to be drinking throughout that month. And another thing for this episode specifically is if you're on the email list, then you got the flavor notes sheet that I sent out, which is what we're going to be using to drink this whiskey today. Uh, so without further ado, we should probably pour some. I love to really exaggerate that cork pull. <laughs> it's like my favorite noise in the world. All right. First, we're going to taste it a little bit. Um, we're not going to worry about the flavor list. We're just going to general first impressions. So have you, so you've said Jameson about it for Irish whiskey. For the, I mean, I'm sure I've had more than that, but of things that I could recall the flavor off the top of my head, Jameson's about it. Okay. Okay, cool. So this and I've be... had some of the different types of Jameson, like. Oh. I don't know, I forget the names of them, but there's... Black Barrels. Black Barrel I've had. Yeah. I've had the bottom shelf one that you mix for, yeah. you know... Picklebacks? Just, yeah, and like Irish car bombs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Okay. So this will be new for you. It's a nice, semi-expensive Irish whiskey. So, no flavor it, list in front of It has of us. a pretty bold... Yeah. Bold smell. Way more complex than your Jameson. Mm-hmm. First glance, got your, your typical Irish flavor that you're going to have. Um, I don't want to get too specific because we're going to use the flavor list, but what what are you tasting right off the bat? It's so much, it's so much different than definitely bourbons. Yeah. Like the white oak that you get with bourbon. It's, I would assume that's the, the, the different barrel type that you're talking about. Yes. So in bourbon, it has to be brand new charred oak, white oak barrels. Right. Uh, this is using a previously used bourbon barrel. So like mm. it had bourbon in it. And then, I don't know the ratio of aging, but and then it moves to a sherry butt, which is previously had sherry aging in it. So even the, the taste of a used bourbon barrel, way different than a brand new bourbon barrel. <laughs> like obviously. Right. And used to have bourbon in it. The burn is so much different, like, as yeah. goofy as that sounds. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. It's like well, what a lot of people consider the smoothness, right? Yeah. The burn. Yeah. Right away, I've got, without getting specific, because we're going to use our flavor notes, but I've got a lot of sweetness that you get with a lot of Irish whiskeys. Super different from bourbon and super different from the smoky scotches that you're into. Um, but... Yeah, it's, I was about to say it has, like, the complete absence of the smoky taste. Completely. And it's a lot different than Proper 12, too. Yeah, okay, yeah. So I, I guess I've had, had Proper 12, but yeah, that's so new, I don't even count it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely way more complex than Proper 12. So much more. Um, if I remember correctly, it's been a long time since I had it. Uh, it's a little similar on the front end in that you still get the burn a little bit, um, and then the traditional Irish flavor. But for th- for me... This has so much more of the sherry as it sits on your tongue, the fruitiness yes. that you get from that. Yeah, I think proper 12 is, uh, you get the initial taste. It's a lot less distinctive than this, mm-hmm. and it's way less smooth than this. Yeah, and they say like a typical Irish flavor is like your your butter cookie, honey, vanilla. And you definitely get that from this. And you do, you right? definitely do. This is another level above like the Tullamore Dew we had a couple episodes ago. Because it has a lot more of the spiciness, the baking spices, those sorts of flavors that peek through it, especially on the nose. On the nose, this is like so different from Tullamore Dew. I should have let you smell that before we started. It's like way more complex. That's what I was about to say. This is one of the most complex smells of non-bourbons that I've... Yeah, but it's just so, for lack of a better word, it's very smooth. But let's... um, Let's get to the flavor list, but before we do that, 
I have a riddle for you. <laughs> I was explaining to Zach beforehand how I do riddles now uh, as something to think about while we're doing our review. So, the riddle for today is, let me, let me read it so that I don't mess it up, but you can't look because the answer's on there. <laughs> All right, the riddle for today is, I am taken from a mine, I'm encased in wood from which I am never released, and yet I'm used by almost everybody. What am I? This is another fun one. Bryce had it way worse than you. His is really hard. <laughs> do you think this will get easier if I drink the whole glass? Probably. I think it'll be way easier if you do a review and uh, ponder the, the whiskey, right? <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to go through and review it again. Not we to just... interrupt you, but I feel like there's so many listeners out here that probably got this and they're just like, how does he not understand? <laughs> I, that's my favorite part of the reviews is there's probably people screaming at their phones right now or their car radio. How do you not know that? I know. It's like, <laughs> this is so obvious. Yeah. Because there's no pressure for them. Right, yeah. <laughs> there's no pressure for you, listener. Cut them some slack, all right? <laughs> um, so first we're going to go through with just the generic flavor list that I made and sent out to all of the email list people. And we're going to do that, get some initial impressions, and then we're going to feel like total idiots because then we're going to read through the official tasting notes <laughs> from Redbreast's website. And we're going to be like, that's not what we said. But it's okay. Um, so... Let's start with the nose. What do you get on the nose? I like to start with the flavor list. I like to start with categories and narrow it down to a couple categories, right? So, like, this isn't a category, but peaty is one of the notes. We're not going to get that because this isn't a peated scotch. Right. This is this is uh, Irish. I personally think I got a sweetness. I have a fruitiness that, to me, is almost apple. And then I've got a nuttiness or maybe... Maybe a baking spice. It's like cinnamon apples almost. Mm. See, I almost get more of a pear. Oh, okay. See, I don't eat pears. I've never in my life enjoyed pears. I, I had, I tried it as a child, so I couldn't really tell you. <laughs> Not to get into the taste yet, but the taste is more apple, and the oh, smell okay. to me is more like pear. Okay. But, but I do you're... get the spice, like you're talking about. I don't yeah. know if it's as much of a nutty spice as it is like a baking spice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so apples and pears, your lighter fruits. Yeah, your, it's definitely a lighter fruit. Yeah. And then almost like a – no, maybe it's the lighter fruit, but maybe almost a little bit of citrus. I was going to say it's almost like a very light amount of – like if you dipped an orange peel in it. Yeah, yeah, just barely. Yep, I can see that for sure. And then the underlying sweetness, but that is kind of attributed to the fruit on the nose, I would say. So, yeah, let's take a taste. So what I love about this is on the front half for me. Well, I want to let you talk first, and then I'll and then I'll, I'll I'll say my two cents. It's much more of a bold fruit on the front half to me than okay. it is from the nose. Okay. So I definitely get more towards apple, but like a heavier apple, like nearing almost a. Like I feel like I get a little bit of cherry almost into it. That could be, yeah. Um, I don't get the orange like I did with the nose. From the taste. Yeah, I'd say no citrus for me at all. I don't get any citrus taste. But you definitely, on the back half, start to get the spice. I don't know if it's a cinnamon. I almost want to say, like, more of a gingery taste that I get. Okay. I was going to say, yeah, not cinnamon. In the nose, I think it's cinnamon. It almost tastes or smells like like cinnamon and green apples to me on the nose. But on the on the palate, I definitely don't get cinnamon. I don't, yeah, at I, all. Ginger's close. To me, I'm going to say clove. Mm. Maybe a clove and ginger. Um, but after, the, after you swallow, on the finish, what I love about this is 
all the spices kind of melt away and it's like fruitiness. It is. It it's, goes, it, it's such a hard transition from initial fruit to a spice. And then as soon as you swallow, the fruit comes back. Yeah, for sure. And that's what what's so complex about this. Because you're smelling it. It goes in your mouth and you're like, yeah, it smells like fruit. And then it's like, oh, now it tastes like baking spices, maybe some vanilla, maybe almost like a bitter vanilla, which I'm definitely not like a, a vanilla bourbon. Yeah. More like a bitter. Right. It might be the fruit that hits you that makes it seem more bitter. That could be. I like that it's one that's very easy on the tongue, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like the, um, what they call like the oily mouth feel. Yeah. Where it's not, it doesn't feel like every ounce of moisture on your tongue just got sucked out <laughs> of your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think with my limited Irish perspective that I have, I feel like that's a common theme. Like even with proper 12, I don't get the, that's true. That as much. Yeah, that's really true. And, and some scotches really do. So like I'm really used to <laughs> that. Yeah, they can. Sometimes the peaty ones I feel like are, are almost thicker. Like, yeah, which, which is that oily feel. Um, it might just be the syrup taste that you're attributing to yeah, it, but yeah, I definitely get like a thicker, it tastes like you're drinking something thick when you drink like not as much Johnny blue or red, but definitely black. Okay. And then like the Jameson black to me tastes pretty thick. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Okay. Compared to this. At so least. our super vague review would be. Spices and fruit on the nose, just combined. And then I'm going to say, fruit, boom, melts away, spices, swallow, fruit's back. Is what I... And the fruit hangs around for a bit. Yes, which I'm attributing to the sherry casks, I think. Um, once again, I'm not that guy who's been drinking whiskey for so super long that I can tell you all of that stuff about it. Which is on purpose, because... <laughs> I don't want to be intimidating. Uh, we might have totally messed up this review. We're about to read the real notes. so That's something I got into. My girlfriend got me a thing for Christmas. It was like a whole whiskey set, and it comes with a book where you can like chart your flavor profile. And the first one I did, I looked up the f- official profile, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I taste all that stuff. And I think I started with Four Roses when I okay. did um, And then the next one I did was a Old Forester Statesman. Okay. And I did not look it up and I was very wrong. (laughs) Yeah. But it was, it made me like a better whiskey drinker. It does. Like not knowing and trying to guess. Cause then once you see what it's supposed to be and go back and drink it, you get more of it than just knowing ahead of time. Exactly. You don't force it. Right. Right. Cause that's that. I think everybody experiences that. We're like, Oh, this is, this is a super apple-y bourbon. And then you look at or not bourbon, whatever. And you look it up and you're like, that's not even one of the notes. (laughs) Believe it or not, when I had Justin on, he said super, he's super new to whiskey, like hates drinking liquor. Um, And that was the Natural light only. Natural light. Absolutely. And he was drinking the one and he said, this tastes like a granola bar to me. He's like, is that weird? And I'm like, that's not weird. And we looked up the flavor notes and sure enough, it was honey, butter, and nuttiness. And I'm like, that's a granola bar, (laughs) basically. So that was, that was, I've never been so impressed by somebody amateur just pulling out notes like that. But, but the reason that I like it that I'm, I don't want to say new to drinking whiskey. I'm definitely not new to drinking whiskey, but I'm not this age old guru of whiskey. And also most of my guests aren't. I like that because when I was first getting into whiskey, like probably, you know, a few different bottles in, enough that I was talking to people about it. I was so intimidated to mess up. 
and there's no messing up. Like everybody has such different taste buds, you know. Right. So that's the thing. There's going through that book I have. There's still whiskeys where I'm nowhere near the flavor profile that it's supposed to be. Yeah. But I'm not going to change it or try and look for those flavors that it says it is because I I disagree. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If you're tasting something a little bit different, there's nothing wrong with that. And you might taste it and taste one thing and then go eat a steak and come back and taste a totally different thing. Right. So like there is no wrong answer. Um, but let's okay, – well, did you – do you have any thoughts on the riddle yet before we continue? I don't, sadly. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to repeat it for you and everybody listening who hasn't got it and isn't screaming at Zach right now through <laughs> your phone. Um, I am mined – wait, let me, let me read it directly. Okay. I am taken from a mine, encased in wood, from which I am never released, and yet I am used by almost everybody. What am I? And I Google these riddles, so if you've seen this on Google, I apologize. I just get a bunch of them. Um, speaking of Googling, while you're pondering on that, if you're on the email list, that's awesome. You have this flavor list in front of you. If you're not, I recommend you get on the email list so that you can uh, go out and buy the whiskeys that we're going to be drinking. But if you don't, that's okay. However, you can find flavor wheels online, and like Zach was saying, whiskey journals as well. You can buy whiskey journals that will have these flavors in them so you can write down circle what you're tasting, things like that, uh, or print out the whiskey list that I sent out and and write the whiskey on top of it and then circle what you're tasting, write finish next to it, things like that. Um, absolutely, I recommend doing that because it's super helpful. Like This is just one that I came up with based on flavors that I've gotten from different whiskeys, but there are some that are way more complex. They're like wheels. They're like a pie chart. Mine's just a list just to help you just read down through it. Uh, so I recommend doing that for sure. Uh, okay, any thoughts? Or we'll continue with the rest of the review and then we'll come back to it. Did you say used by everyone or almost everyone? Almost everyone. Oof. Yeah. I'm going to say in... I don't want to give any hints. I'll give you hints after the last review. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So review one was is down. We said it's generally sweet. Review two with the flavors. We said a lot of fruit and spices... And then a lot of spices, then a lot of fruit. Or like, wait, fruit, then spices, then fruit. Very complex palette because it's got three phases like that, which you don't see a lot. And then that finish was fruit. So um, on the nose, it says spicy and fruity with toasted wood notes evident, which is funny because mm. I didn't say anything about that. And right now I'm not smelling a lot of, of toasted wood. I don't get that, but that might be... Me being used to, like, the toasted wood from, definitely you get a stronger bit of that from certain bourbons. For sure. Which so is I feel I'm like that's what I would well. look for when I think of that. Um, so that might be why we're getting more of a, like, a spice. Yeah. I could totally see that. Because I drink a lot of bourbon as well. I bounce between all three of them. I'm like, I am not in any camp. People get so divisive over which one they like especially between the three mains your bourbons your irish and your scotch and i love all three so much but yeah my top two like usuals are one's a bourbon and one's a scotch is that right yeah yep yep yeah i don't know that i get a lot of wood on the nose but that's just me uh but let's go to the taste so this is 
we're pretty good. We were, we were good with the fruit, good, yeah. at least, right? <laughs> yeah, so silky smooth, which we both said it's got that thick, oily mouthfeel. Yeah. Silky smooth. Uh, harmonious balance of spicy, fruity, sherry, and toasted notes. Once again, not getting a lot of the toasted notes. But, but I think that's just us being used to a, a much thicker toasted smoky taste right and I like bet when if, i think of toasted i'm looking for like almost smoky yeah and that's why i guess maybe i'm not getting it from this like but i definitely get the rest of it like i'm thinking wild turkey has that smokiness to a lot of your bourbons buffalo trace has that um the russells that we had two weeks ago with bryce that has way more smoky of a taste than this and the reason i remember lavoglin or however <laughs> yeah. however we're butchering their name um is because that was the first time I had a truly, like, super smoky scotch. Okay. But it was, like, smoky and really, like, syrup. Oh, okay. Like the sweet maple syrup kind of taste. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I have established with people before, the the Scottish names, I am just really bad. <laughs> For the longest time, I called an Isla scotch an Eilee scotch. I thought that was how it was pronounced. <laughs> or Eilee, or, and it's Isla, because I looked it up. Uh, if only Proper 12 was higher shelf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's easy to pronounce. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, so this is, uh, we're, we're, I'd say we're close. I'm going to try to taste some of these toasted notes first. I can see it if I look for it. I can too. That's what I was about to say. On my last sip, I can see it when I look for it. I would still place it closer to a spice. I was just going to say the same thing. But I would say that, that if I never had smoky bourbons before, maybe I would say mm-hmm. that I'm getting a toasted flavor. Yep, I was because just I can't really that. place it on a specific spice. Like when we were going back between clove and ginger, ginger, and then saying a little bit of cinnamon on the nose, I think that's more of this Irish style smoky taste. That's I totally agree. Um, I was actually going to say the same exact thing. I think what we were attributing to the spice is a little bit of spice and toasted wood. Maybe that clove taste. Is the toasted wood. It's it's hard to nail down, but I definitely... It's not like some bourbons, I'll take a sip and I'll be like, this is oaky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, but, I mean, spicy and fruity for sure. And then the finish, they don't have a ton of notes on the finish. This is taken, once again, from Redbreast's website. It just says, Satisfi- satisfyingly long, which I totally agree with. Um, the complex flavors linger on the palate. And I would add to that that I think almost entirely it's fruit after you swallow it. Yeah. I would say that if what we're going to call this spice is like a toasted flavor or Mm. a smoky flavor almost, that goes away within seconds. Yeah. And you definitely get like a deep fruit flavor that holds on. Yeah, for sure. And it's like uh, that feeling when you swallow and you feel all the fumes spread around your mouth because there's no more liquid in there. So it's just fumes now. That is just fruit to me. Like yeah. I feel like all of the spices and toastiness go away. Um, not as oily after you swallow as it is when it's on your tongue, but it is just a great finish. I mean, it is. It's incredible. There's nothing more than I can say about it than so much flavor stays on your tongue. Like here, I haven't taken a sip in thirty to forty-five seconds, and I can still taste it. Which is very impressive. This is, I've mentioned this in past episodes. Um, in episode three, Justin asked me, like, so why pay more for a whiskey? This right here is why. Because we've done a lot of tastings so far. This is the first one where we've had two different palettes, depending on what stage of the palette you're in. 
and the finish has stuck around just crazy long. One thing I would say is advice, though. If you're in the new area, and you can tell me if you disagree with this, I would never start this high. No. Okay. Totally agreed. Uh, actually, I'm glad you said that because you didn't even know my game plan. Uh, <laughs> that is why in the first episode, Justin and I had Rebel Bourbon uh, or Rebel Yell. It was Rebel Yell when we recorded the episode. I'm not even joking you, or at least I knew it was Rebel Yell. And they rebranded and it's now Rebel Bourbon, which is just <laughs> hilarious. But uh, anyways, it, it's now Rebel Bourbon. And uh, it's it's a low shelf. It's like 15 to $20. Uh, and then the same with that last Irish we had, it is $20, I think, because you don't want to start with something super complex. However, if you're going to really try to make that next step, that's why we're onto something more complex. Also, the folks who've been around a while who just wanted a whiskey podcast to listen to, I don't want them to get bored. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why we're going to something a little bit nicer. But I believe I put on the email that went out almost a whole month, a whole month ago now, um, I put on that email, if you're going to sub something in, sub in the Tullamore Dew that you already purchased. Because it's a little bit more simple, a little bit less complex, and you don't have to spend so much money. That's a great point. I think it's nice to have a friend that's into whiskey because while I was advancing from... Like, I started getting into scotch with Johnny Red, and I wasn't a big fan of Johnny Red. Mm -hmm. But I liked some of the flavor of it, and then I got into black. Okay. And then I had tried blue... And then went back to black and I realized the flavors in blue that are missing from black. Okay, yeah, yeah. But that was just because I tried blue, not, I didn't buy a whole bottle. Right. You know what I mean? (laughs) And I think it's, they taste so much better once you can pick up the flavors of them. Yeah. So like jumping straight to something that's too bold. Absolutely. I think can ruin it for you. It totally can. Uh, and jumping to something that you don't like that is expensive, like Johnny Blue, a lot of folks are like, well, this is like the cream of the crop whiskey. If I don't like this, then I must not like whiskey. And it's like, just because it's expensive doesn't mean it's your palate. Yeah. That means for people who like that flavor, that's the cream of the crop. Doesn't mean it's going to be that for you. It's so similar with cigars. Oh, absolutely. Like I see people that'll smoke like expensive cigars at a wedding. And it's they just, like, puff through it like it's a black and mild. Yeah, and they don't like it. <laughs> yeah, and they don't like it. And they're just doing it because it's at the wedding. Like, it's the same thing. Like, you have to build your palate up. Absolutely. Yep, it's the same idea. Um, and that's why with this podcast, because you mentioned at the beginning, that's why it's helpful to have friends who have whiskey because they can tell you, oh, well, I had this kind of an experience, or you can try their whiskey. That's kind of my hope behind this podcast is to have a community of people who can help each other out um, because – like when I got into whiskey, none of my friends were into whiskey. The rest of my friends, and he can vouch for this, uh, were still in the killing beers or drinking like something disgusting that's mixed together. They were still yeah. in that phase, uh, which there's nothing wrong with that. But I was like, I want to try whiskey because I think it's cool. I was really big into cigars. And I noticed that there weren't really any podcasts. There are a couple YouTube channels that I really like. I'm not going to shout out the competition right now, <laughs> but uh, there weren't any podcasts, and I'm a big podcast guy, so that, that was like the motivation behind this, is to kind of have somebody to share your experience with. People can DM me, email me, uh, comment to each other on the on the Instagram, things like that. So I made the shift to whiskey. I have like genetic stomach issues, and I'm not going to get into that while everyone's enjoying a glass of whiskey. <laughs> it's really not gross. It's just, it's like, it's actually pretty common. But anyway, okay. so I it made it hard to drink carbonated beverages. So it shifted me away from beer fast oh. and got me into liquor. Genetic 
Grinch syndrome, I think is what that's called. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I had to. Um, yeah, so that got you away from beer quickly? Uh, not that I don't drink beer anymore, but yeah, it, it kind of forced me to find liquors I liked. And yeah. when I got to whiskeys, I really started to find the ones I liked that weren't always 400 calorie mixed drinks. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's what drove me to whiskey is I got so sick of that, of like the bloat, the 400 calorie mixed drink. And I was like, I want to drink something that's going to be like lighter on my stomach. And I want to drink something straight. Well, any other straight alcohol to me is just not it. Tequila is okay straight. Yeah. But whiskey is the one that's like, you can just love it straight. Yeah, right. And I think the thing is, I was like craving still to get you're by a fire on a hot night you're looking for that like sugary mixed drink and once you discover whiskeys that have the sweet or fruity flavor you can easily substitute a manhattan or an old-fashioned or a jack and coke even for just a straight glass of whiskey absolutely yeah and whereas with like a vodka water mio you're not going to get any complexity with a whiskey you're going to be able to sit there and have a totally different experience that's that's super true yeah um I like that's what I like whiskey for I've said this before it's it's the sitting back and, and pondering like you said at a fire mm-hmm. like I want something to think about I don't want to just be chugging some alcohol to get drunk not anymore at least <laughs> too so, old for that yeah we're, we're too old for that <laughs> uh but anyways let's let's get back to the important issue here my riddle <laughs> any thoughts yet we probably got 75 percent of the fan base yelling at you right now see my problem is i go to too much of my nerdy geologic mind and i'm sitting there like what rock formation could he be referring to that's encased in wood naturally and after it's mined not mm, while after it's mined. Yes, see should, that's where i'm screwed i should have clarified that after it's mined it is encased in wood by humans i i, I figured by humans but i'm gonna feel so stupid when you tell me this no it's okay i actually <laughs> if it makes you feel any better i ran it by some friends because i try to make sure they're like difficult enough and yeah they you don't want people either. to be instantly like oh here's the answer yeah exactly uh, all right, so I'm going to give you a hint. Okay. I would say it's used by a super high percentage of people in the United States or in, like, a developed country. Um, almost, at, like, literally almost everybody. Like, virtually everybody in a developed country. Um, this type of it <laughs> is not used nearly as often since maybe 2012. So the 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 thing that suits this riddle prior to 2012 probably way more common when you and I were in elementary school way more common than it is right now. And I might just get graphite. Away. Yep, <laughs> I was gonna say I said elementary school. I knew I gave it away. <laughs> Pencil lead. That's the answer. Remember sharpening pencils in elementary school? Yeah, I know. It's like you had to look like the idiot going up there making the like insanely loud. Noise yeah. as it just broke the tip of your pencil, and you're like super <laughs> nervous, and you don't want to go up there, and you're like it's gonna be for so no loud. reason whatsoever. I know, dude. <laughs> this is okay. So this is actually funny. Speaking of this, I was just talking to people about this the other day, and you're the perfect person to say this to, and we're gonna explain why here in a second. One thing I was thinking of the other day is how crazy it is that people growing up, even some of the people old enough to be listening to this podcast right now, old enough to drink, totally foreign to them having speed dial 
Oh, I know. And being like, I got five people who I can call without having to know their phone number. And you used to have to know everybody's phone number. And the reason you're perfect for that is because you still know everybody's phone number. (laughs) So I've taken, like, these weird photographic memory tests. And I have, like, a semi-photographic memory. Oh, here we go. Flexing on everybody. When it comes to numbers. Okay, only numbers. I am so bad with everything else when it comes to memory. And so I still remember, like, I can rattle off anyone's phone number off the top of my head. But it's so weird that, like, when we have kids, and our generation has kids, not only will they not even know what hanging up the phone means. That's a great Like, point. they'll have no <laughs> idea behind the reference of hanging up the It'll phone. It'll be like us with rolling down the window where we're like, oh, yeah, didn't old cars, you had to actually, like, roll it with, Yeah, like, you a had lever? to roll down the window. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. And they won't know what speed dial is because... You have no. iPhones with contact lists. <laughs> there, listen, if you are at the bare minimum age to drink right now, there used to be something called a fave five, and it was like five people <laughs> that you had to pick who you could talk to as much as you wanted to. <laughs> yep. It's a different world, man. It's pretty crazy. I still know Bryce's phone number from, like, kindergarten. Like, I still Not know. kindergarten, obviously, but... I'm probably going to bleep this name out. I still know... Uh, he told me in like third grade. Yeah, you have a weird number memory too. I do, I do. Actually, okay, fun fact for the listeners. We're getting to know each other a little bit here. I actually know, okay, for sure 100, used to be 150 of the first digits of pi, the number, the infinite number. Um, I'm not going to do them right now. Maybe I'll post a photo or a video on Instagram. Uh, but I used to know 150. The last 50 are a little shaky nowadays. But I still know 100 really well. Because I was a nerd like that. And now I'm a nerd about whiskey. Chris used to flex on us with his oh, totally. pie numbers. Absolutely. That's how you make friends. It's <laughs> probably how we met. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're super weird about numbers too. Okay, cool. Let's be friends. All right. So, any last rounding up comments before we finish it off? We're coming up on our 45-minute mark. I don't like to go over an hour. Um, any Any last comments on this whiskey compare it to your since you're a big scotch guy pros and cons why you like it more and why you like it less i like it less on the front of the lasting fruity taste where i'm a big fan of the sweet syrupy taste okay that's what draws me to scotch okay um what draws me to bourbon is the bold smoky tastes and like the oak Mm -hmm. and some of the nut flavors which this doesn't have What's good about this is this is so much more smooth and more than any of the Irishes I've had in my limited capacity, but it's so much more smooth than really any bourbon and scotch. Yeah, that's definitely fair. (laughs) Beyond, for me, like Four Roses is super smooth. I I would say to me is more smooth, but it still gets that moisture sucking. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So the oiliness of it. Yeah. Yeah. The oiliness is really nice. And I like that the fruit flavor lasts. Not that it's my favorite of the flavor profiles, but I like that it actually sticks around. Yeah, for sure. That's my favorite part of this whiskey is that you don't get bored with it throughout one glass because you can focus on a different element of it at any point. Yeah. Um, I like, too, that like a lot of like proper 12 for listeners that have had like the cheaper Irish mm-hmm. whiskeys, I guess. You get the fruit flavor, I feel like, a little bit from Jameson and a little bit from Proper 12, but you just get a burn mm-hmm. after. I totally agree. The burn from those definitely masks the flavors more. Don't get me wrong. This is 80 proof. You're going to get a little bit of burn, but it doesn't mask the flavors like it does, which is what a lot of people mean when they say a whiskey is smooth. They mean 
the burn is not masking the flavors, or there's very little burn. Yeah. One of the I think a lot of people try and think when they get into it, they say, oh, it's smooth, and people are like, well, I'm still getting a burn. Yeah. Like, you're drinking <laughs> you're drinking 80-proof liquor. You're <laughs> yeah. always going to get a burn, but it's there's so much more to enjoy when you get good flavor with that burn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point, because I know when I was first getting into whiskey, okay, this is totally true. When I was first getting into whiskey, and I would look up ones that people said were smooth, I'd get them, I'd try them, and I'd be like, expecting it to taste almost like, not like caramel syrup, like not that sweet, but kind of like that, kind of like drinking like a a slightly more bitter syrup, and that is not what smooth is. Right. Um, Smooth, and, and you'll get used to the burn so that it's more enjoyable, you'll get good at it not burning, and it like... You and I are drinking this and not coughing. It's not burning. Right. But, and, like, I almost enjoy the burn. Yes, absolutely. Like, once you get into whiskey, you start to reach for those higher proofs because that burn is nice. It yeah. presents way more flavors. I'm still not to the point where I can do, like, a single barrel jack. Okay. And not... I, I have, like... So, if you start to look at, like, those super 130 proof ones, mm-hmm. a lot of people put, like, a, a dropper with, like, a couple drops of water. And yeah. I still do that with my single barrels because okay. I definitely am not just drinking 130 proof straight. Yes. And the droppers can open up more flavors as well. I'm I've heard do that. I don't that. get that yet. Okay. It might be my palate issues, but then I also see some people say that they disagree with it opening up more flavor. Okay. For different whiskeys, it does have different effects as well. But yeah. I've only ever had Jack single barrel. Okay. So that might be the other thing. Yeah. The harshest one that I like right now or not harshest, but I should say highest proof, is the uh, Knob Creek 100 proof. Uh, I think I think it's on our list, I believe. Um, not this month, but maybe next month. It's coming up here in the next couple months. Um, Knob Creek has 100 proof, and I really enjoy that. It brings out a lot of flavors of it. Um, I think I cut you off a little bit, probably, on you were saying what you distinguish it from your bourbons and your scotches. Um, sounds like you're still going to go to scotch over the Irish. Why? Purely because of the the sweet syrupy taste that I enjoy. Okay, that comes with the smoke, that, that like super sweet smokiness. Yeah, the sweet smokiness is what draws me to scotch. Yeah. I would now, after drinking this, I am going to try more Irishes. Like I'll reach for an Irish now before I go to like a bourbon that I've had a hundred times. Okay, yeah. Um, like the next time I go to buy like Gentleman Jack, I, I'll... Look at the Irishes first. Okay, after cool. trying this, that's good to hear. Yeah, I love I love opening up people to new stuff. I'm three for three on guests wanting to try new stuff, so that's awesome. <laughs> after, after I said that um, you shouldn't start with the top shelf ones, I might retract it a little bit and say don't start with Jameson if you're trying to eat into Irish whiskey. <laughs> that's another <laughs> fatal flaw people make. Is it's like oh I go straight to the cheap stuff and I like hate it, and then it's like well it's not as complex as it could be. Yeah. I feel like that's like going just to like basic Jack and being like, I hate all bourbon. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why there's a balance because that's why with this list, I have every month, there's at least one cheap one and one non cheap one. Um, if you're hearing him talk about smoky scotch and you want to buy one and you want to make sure it is on the list for coming up, I don't know if it's on this coming month's list. That's already went out last week, but there is a, um, scotch that we're going to be doing called Lafroig 10 year. Uh, and it is also very smoky, uh, and it has that sweetness that he's talking about. So if you want to try a scotch that has that element, um, and you want to stick to the whiskey list, you can go ahead and go out and get that. If you're looking for like a mid shelf one too. That yeah. maybe you should try on the show. Talisker Ten Year is the okay. one I had. That one's cheaper than this Redbreast. Oh, okay. A little bit. Um, but it's a, it's not as 
smoky as Lavoglin or however you say that <laughs> one. So yeah. I think if you if you're less into the smoky bourbon with the sweet syrupy taste and you want like more of a mild flavor, the Talisker was like really good to me. I'm looking up how to pronounce Lavoglin real quick because we've <laughs> slaughtered it enough times that you guys deserve to actually know. Lagavulin. Lagavulin. <laughs> okay, so I'm forever going to butcher this still, but at least I saw it right one time. Lagavulin. Scottish people. Yeah, right? <laughs> They're words. Um, we're the Lafroig. Okay, well, actually, it's a fun fact about Lafroig, but I'm going to save it for the Lafroig episode. But it actually means something. They have it on their bottle, and it means like way more than two syllables worth <laughs> of, of word. It's crazy. But okay, well, good to know. That's. I think that one's a little pricey. Okay, let's look it up. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to do this, uh, what's the name of the show, um, where you guess your price. No, Price is Right. Price is Right, there you go. <laughs> You're All the right. next contestant. You're the next contestant. What, what is it going to be? I'm going to guess that there's some for $99.99. i am going to do 12 year, okay? Okay, so I'm going to guess 129 129 Price is Right, 12 years old. 150. Okay. You were close. You were really close. Yeah, that's an expensive. Scotches, I don't know what it is, and I don't know how the costs go into scotch, but scotches can get expensive very, very fast. Especially, at least in our area, the peated scotches like, wait, hold on, Lagavulin. <laughs> Lagavulin. The peated scotches, like you're saying with the smoky flavor, I'm assuming the Lagavulin, I think it is peated. Those are always expensive. Yeah. Like, like Lafroy is probably your entry level. And it's like 60 bucks. At least at the Talisker. It's a little harder to get here. I think it is produced at a much lower volume than a lot of the other big names. So it doesn't reach the U.S. as much. Okay. I had to order it online when I got it. And that was when I was trying to get away from just drinking Johnny because Johnny is not like other scotches. Right. Yeah. (laughs) No, no. It's it's blended. So it's totally different. Which is why I think it's, it is, I believe, yeah, I looked this up before. It's the number one selling scotch is Johnny actually because you have a little bit of everything. So, it's like the Jack Daniels of scotch. It is. I think. That's the way I look at John. It's Jack with a top hat. Yeah. Yeah, and a cane. Does he have a cane? He, I, think. I think he does. It might be like the Monopoly Man where you think he has a monocle, but he doesn't. I'm trying to picture it, and I'm mixing up with Monopoly Man, Pringles Guy, uh, Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Pringles Guy. I'm mixing him up with everybody. I think he does have a cane. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, well, I think that's everything. Any closing comments? On your experience today on Whiskey News. Don't be afraid to try Irish whiskey. (laughs) Yeah. Don't be afraid to try something new. Branch out from what you had. Uh, Zach will be returning most likely in the next few guest episodes. Uh, So we'll be hearing from him here soon. But, uh, yeah, don't be afraid to try new things. Thank you for listening to this episode of Whiskey Noobs. If you like the show, make sure to help spread the word by introducing friends, coworkers, or anyone that you think would be interested. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the show on your favorite streaming platform, rate the show, review the show, and follow on Instagram at whiskey underscore noobs to stay up to date. If you want, you can join the email list by sending an email to whiskeynoobspodcast at gmail.com. You'll then be updated every month on what whiskeys I'll be drinking on the show so you can drink right along with me and review it as we go. Thanks again for listening to the Whiskey Noobs Podcast. Learn to drink, drink to learn. The Whiskey Noobs podcast does not support underage or otherwise irresponsible consumption of alcohol.